6th of August, um, that was the last time I won the, the fight for the mic. Uh, just joking, we don't fight. Um, and that 6th of August came after a, a specific Monday evening that we had, and um, at a specific moment at a high school, specific high school in George, and I shed out of that, and I cried myself through, through that sermon. But the tears worked because the amount of people that came and signed up for youth ministry after the 6th of August, I mean, our team is three times bigger. Can we give a hand to all those people that has responded? And if you haven't responded, I'm not going to cry this morning. I'm not planning to. But um, this, is, this, is another, this is another next generation morning. It's another youth morning. But uh, regardless, um, that 6th of August was a, was a beautiful setting. And I basically shared on just some cultures the, that, we, that we find in society, cultures that come against us, um, around us, uh, information dependence, and all the things that's standing up. And it's basically numbing uh, the voice of God if we succumb to it. But something else happened on that Monday night, and I'm going to, now after nearly a month, I'm going to tag onto, onto something else that happened on that Monday night, which is the main idea for what God has done in my heart. So on that evening of the 31st of July, that was a Monday night, that was that night that something really special happened afresh in my heart. I uh, stood there before 60 or 70 odd students with a, with a piece of paper. Uh, well, I had, I had mine electronically. They had theirs, they had theirs printed. And uh, I stood before them with a piece of paper with a specific lesson on. And if I can say to so myself, it wasn't a bad lesson. Uh, it, was a, it was a decent um, Bible study lesson. I stood in front of them, and this lesson was supposed to unlock something. That was the purpose of it. It was supposed to unlock something. It was supposed to just call them out, call them higher. Uh, into into what we can see, uh, what we can observe as we as we look at the next generation, as we praying into the next generation. Here's here's what we see. Here's what we observe. Here's what we want to encourage. Here's what we want to just highlight to you. Here's how we can just come in and love you best and and serve you best. That's that's the heart that we had for for that evening. That's the heart that I that I put on paper. Because it was birthed out of just observing. It was birthed out of sitting with a lot of them throughout the week, uh, having to do with the next generation quite, quite often, because I'm still on the younger side uh, of life, like most of us here this morning. I mean, we have birthdays, 13, 11, 7. It's a young congregation. Um, there's many years ahead for us. So uh, this piece of paper that they had uh, was there, and I had mine electronically, but lo and behold, I didn't think that the piece of paper was going to change my life. I think more than it changed their lives. And if we have that approach in life, what we can learn from other people, what we can learn from situations, and not primarily what I can teach some, someone else. Uh, and that's often the, the setting is we come and, uh, and we bring something, but that what we ourselves learn in whatever setting you are, business setting, family setting, uh, ministry setting, if we're sensitive to what God wants to teach us through those moments, we have, truly, we have life-changing moments. Uh, my life has been radically different uh, the past month. And um, the Holy Spirit was about to make that piece of paper way more real to me than I honestly, honestly expected. So uh, this whole piece of paper was based on, everybody touch their hearts, was based on, everybody touch their hearts, everybody means everybody, from the front to the back, from the left to the right, this is partially to see if you're awake, and just to give you a little warm-up warm up rub. So it was partially um, kind of based on the heart, 
and what happens in our hearts, a few checks and balances of just to help us keep our hearts pure, keep our hearts in line with, with God's will. And that was what the piece of paper was all about. And we're going to touch on a few similar things this morning. But up until that moment, it was more a piece of paper of what, what is happening in their hearts until that did not work. Uh, let me do that. Um, until the moment that I stood in front of them and a girl asked a question, and here's what happened. The paper didn't change. The Bible study lesson didn't change. The paper was still based on Matthew 22, love the Lord with all your heart. Uh, Matthew 13, speaking about a specific parable, which we're going to look at as well. That didn't change. Speaking about the condition of the heart, the soil condition. But here's what changed. God, in a moment, because of one question that a young lady asked, and I could see in her eyes that the question is coming from a really a place of, if you will, distress, please help. I'm crying out. I need a lifeline. Because it came from that space, in a moment, God elevated his heart for them in my heart. Does that make sense? And it's not that I didn't have a heart for them before. It was, it was there. Uh, if you want to go increase or it, or it deepened. It either kind of sank in deep or just kind of went high. It's kind of both the same, just from two different angles. In a moment, his heart for them, but in my heart, just exploded. And I'm like, wow. We still went through the lesson. Uh, it's just to give them a tool, just to equip them to go and reach their school. The, the piece of paper stayed the same. But the 40-odd minutes that I had left, the heart that which it came with was completely different. Because in a moment, the Holy Spirit showed me His heart for them in a bigger way, in a deeper way. But it, it, it was as if I could feel it even more. Looking over the 60 to 70-odd student that was sitting there, is like, Wow, God really, really, really is so in detail involved in your life. And he really, really, really loves you. And he really, really, really is all about your heart. Um, the, the, the paper said exactly the same. Um, but that, that what God wanted to do in me for them so that they can see something that is real, something that's vulnerable, something that's authentic or truly life-changing. And we're going to take a, a similar approach uh, this morning because it's the, the heart that we can come with that changes just the mere piece of paper that we can place in front of us. Um, it's kind of the positional and progressive thing that, that Peel already spoke about. There's firstly the angle that we want to take this morning is to freshly remind all of us that God really, 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 really loves you. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? That God really, 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 really loves you? Pierre started off with Psalm 139. Um, fearfully and wonderfully made. Every single one of us. God made fearfully and wonderfully. And if we love ourselves, we can love others. And if we don't believe, firstly, the love of God and His love for us, then it's going to be difficult to love other people. We'll get to that just now. So we have to start with that position of God really, really, really loves us. And then secondly... And he also loves us just to keep us where we are. Yes, lacquer. And he also loves us too much just to kind of, okay, Raymond, awesome, Sunday morning, 27th of August, I love you, I'm out. Kind of good luck, for the, good luck for the rest of the journey. He's still involved. Continuously, continuously, 
continuously. So if you want a, a sermon title, I have one. You can use it uh, if it's fine with you. Healthy and wholesome hearts. I was really tempted to spell it with an H and just put a W in, in brackets, but that means we're going to have holes in our hearts. And, and the whole point is to, uh, to show that He actually healed our hearts and He makes our hearts whole. And that's, that's the position we have this morning. Every single one of you, have a, if you've accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, I'm going to add that, you have a healthy and you have a whole heart. He took a heart of stone and He gave you a heart of flesh. But He doesn't leave your heart just like that. He continues to work in your heart through weird sounds and experiences that you have preaching off stage. I'm not sure what that is. Is that the kids ministry doing DIY? Um, go Brandon. It's like, yeah, all the, all the dads, it's like, yeah, send your kids to kids ministry and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll teach them how to, how to do DIY. So that was the 31st of July. And that's, that's where we're going to start this morning. And I wish I could tell you in detail the amount of things I've written down over the past month. I've made a few notes here, uh, conversations, uh, I'm not going to include into every conversation I had this last month. I can't even remember everything. Uh, conversations, decisions, WhatsApps, emails, moments of poor communication. <laughs> People have already alluded to that as well. That was quite funny. Uh, great communication, physical training, vocational ministry moments, family moments, budget moments. Nice. Oof, all in the last month. And I think I've even forgotten a few. And the last month, all that the Lord has done, I'm saying all, and I'm saying that humbly, is He's shown me in every single one of those emails, WhatsApps, decision-making moments, ministry moments, meetings, I had a heart. My heart was on the table. My heart was on the table. I had a heart. I came with a heart condition. And every single moment that I went through, I had to go home and so positionally, I have a heart that is whole and healthy, but everyone is every now and then susceptible to something that wants to come in and make your heart unhealthy and not that wholesome. I'm not sure if I'm speaking to the right people. Uh, we're, not, we're, not, we're not immune against things that wants to creep into our hearts to give us a nasty heart or a dark heart. And it's been a beautiful month of just being elevated in sensitivity to, wow, Lord, I want to I wanna reflect on that moment. I want to reflect on that moment. Because it's a romance setting. It's an intimacy setting. It's a mirror image setting. Like, why did I have a knee jerk there? Lord, show me my heart. Because it's all that I have bringing to the party. I have my heart to be there. I'm, I'm part of team, marriage, family, brothers, friends, church. I have a heart. And the other person also has a heart. But I'm going to stand Paul for my heart. <laughs> I can't stand Paul for his heart. I can't take account for what's going on in his heart. It's only my heart that I have. So I want to ask you this morning, can, can, we, can we have the guts this morning? Firstly, to go, Lord, you love me so, so, so much. Secondly, you love me too much to just leave me where I am. Is that fine with you? Awesome. So uh, Matthew 22, 35 to 37. This is the... The Amplified, I didn't write it in, but I saw there was a bracket, so it has to be the Amplified. Uh, it says the following, Matthew 22, 35 to 37. Now, when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced or muzzled the Sadducees, 
they gathered together. One of them, a lawyer, an expert in Mosaic law, asked Jesus a question to test him. The interesting part of Scripture that I appreciate is often people ask Jesus a question to test him. But the questions they asked actually revealed their hearts. Make sense? People often wanted to trick Jesus by asking questions. And because he's God, and because he had the discernment of discernments, all, all, all that it meant was their hearts were exposed through the questions they asked. And they actually wanted to expose him. Um, anyways, uh, verse 36. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied to him. He even answered his question. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. That is, unselfishly seek the best or higher good for others. The whole law and the writings of the prophets depend on these two commandments. Uh, needless to say, it's first love the Lord and then love your neighbor as yourself. Um, we, we have to get the order right. It's first, Lord, here's my heart. And we're going to, if you, if you hear the word heart this morning, just to help you to understand it better, see it as your decision-making center. That's, that's your heart. That kind of body, soul, spirit, there where they intersect, that kind of middle part, that is, your, that is your heart. Mostly kind of people agree with that's how we can unpack it. And that's where every single decision that you make comes out of your heart. And I think that's why the writer of Hebrews did it so well when he says that the word of God penetrates through bone and marrow and it exposes the finest of finest details in our hearts because it's out of that core bit that God's love has been injected, but it's also in that core bit that we sometimes have to go in the mirror. It's like, Jesus, I don't, I don't want this in my heart. If I look at your word, if I look at your love, if I, if I look at what you want to do through me for other people, that thing out of, has to come out of my heart. And it's only the word of God with gentleness, with love, but with truth that can expose it. So we can get rid of it so it can be healthy and whole and not healthy and have a whole. Um, that's not going to work. So we're going to have four Ds this morning. The Lord spoke. <laughs> Here's things that we can look at, and I want to. I want us to look at it at, at, from from two angles again. It's not if they, if it comes onto the screen. It doesn't mean you have it. You have the following syndrome, the 4D syndrome. The 4D is actually the kind of the healthy part. You don't have a 3D syndrome. It's not like you have a divided heart. Uh, you were healed from your divided heart, and you have been made whole. But be careful that your heart is not being divided again. So thank you for the media team that was quick um, on the divided heart part. Let's see in this first D of a healthy and a whole heart um, what First Peter 3 tells us. First Peter 3.15 in the Amplified, it says, But in your hearts, decision-making center, body, soul, spur, intersection right there in the middle. But in your hearts, set Christ apart as holy, acknowledging him, giving him first place in your lives as Lord. But in your hearts, every decision we make, every moment we have, every WhatsApp I read and process and reply on, every email, every budget meeting, 
every family meeting, every CrossFit session, etc., etc., set Christ apart as Lord. May He have that first place in our lives. Exodus 20 verse 3 is the Old Testament version, and it says the following. This is the first commandment. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall have no other gods before me. I love the explanation on the next slide. That word before, and there's been some great videos in the past that we've viewed to see what kind of what he meant with this commandment, but that's what before means. It says face, as turned toward one. Have no other gods in your face. Turn not to any other God, which will show a divided heart. Because division, if you take the suffix, or the prefix rather, of the D and the I, that means two. That means split. So there was a vision, and now there's a division. So there was one vision, and division is one goes here, one goes there. That's, that's the vision. If you divide something, you split it into two. Where? Where does that happen? In our hearts. In our hearts, this moment comes up that we choose to turn to a different relationship instead of having a face-to-face intimate moment with our Heavenly Father, which is the very heart that He has over us. My children, I have got this relationship for you. I want that intimacy with you. I want that communion with you. I'll I'll add another joke of Adam and Eve. Um, How did Adam get to uh, name the woman? How did he get to that moment? Easy. When he opened his eyes, like, wow, man. So it was women. Um, We just added the wow and the man. It was the women. Ta-da-la-la, there we go. Because, pinnacle, wow. And all the husbands said, yeah, yes, yeah, wow. If you don't say wow, no, you're in in trouble. Here's a, on the divided heart, sin happens when our desire becomes more important than submitting to the will of God. Sin happens when our desire becomes more important than submitting to the will of God. Because it's in His will, it's that perfect place. Romans 12. Again, don't, don't conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the way of your mind. So we can test God's good, pleasing, and perfect will. And sin happens when the desires now, hearts, start to beat anything different than His heartbeat. Because that's the, last week we sang that song, Hosanna, break my heart with what breaks yours. And if those things that breaks his heart doesn't break our heart anymore, it should be good little alarm systems going off inside of our, inside of our hearts. It's like, why is my heart not breaking for the things that breaks your heart? Lord, is, is, there, is, there, is there different desires in my heart? Is there things that want to turn my face away from your face and point towards something else? On a on a jokey light side uh, it was about a month ago I'm not going to say who it is he's not here that I can guarantee you a reminder popped up on my phone um, this person's anniversary so I texted him and as I'm texting him it was middle of the week I'm like something is not right because it's midweek and it's his first year anniversary and he got married on a Saturday and it's not Sunday it's not Monday I think it was either Tuesday or Wednesday so as I'm texting, I'm like, something is not right. 
but I'm just going to go for it. And I'll add a little disclaimer. And sorry, I'm just being open. Here's my heart. I'm not sure if it's actually today, but the reminder's on my phone that it's your anniversary. So I'm just going to go for it. Hey, happy anniversary. It's like, it's your first. And he takes it back and he's like, hey, I've already left home and I'm already at work. I hope it's not my anniversary. <laughs> otherwise, <laughs> otherwise, I'm in big trouble when I get home. This morning, it's his anniversary. So I went, hey, round two, happy anniversary. Because <laughs> then I fixed the date uh, on my phone. And those moments happen purely because there was a there was a divided heart. When we forget things like our anniversaries and birthdays and things like that, it's, it's on the lighter side. But it means something else came and, and took that place. Something else came and took that specialness. And often our family is the first um, I'm going to say point of recognition where God shows us there might be division on the, on the horizon. He's so good, ain't he? He's so good that he points and prompts us with the Holy Spirit and, and conscience and discernment. There, there might be something that wants to come in and divide with trigger actions, court off. What is that? Short off. Um, <laughs> when, you, when, you, when, when there's a, uh, there's a moment between you and your, and your spouse or you and your children, court off. And the emotion is, I'll, I'll, I'll speak to you later, I'm, I'm just busy. And I guess it's a, it's a big concept and it's a big chat and I know there's certain things we can fill in here. But sometimes it's because my, my heart is not with you now. I'm busy with what I want to do. Keep quiet, I'll get to you later. I'm just saying. Our family is often the first point of recognition if something wants to come and creep in. Because ain't that the most special place that we have? Spouse family. I'm going to, I hope this is okay with you. If I, if I share this, I won't go into the detail. Um, the, the Saturday and the Sunday after the prophetic training level one that we had got to, uh, our team meeting on the Monday and, um, it was like, how was the weekend? It was great. And I introed my, my portion of how the weekend was. And I saw some of the eyes went big, but I haven't completed my sentence yet. And um, I said, guys, it was Saturday and Sunday, like after the prophetic, after the service, the rest of the day, like I spent on the bathroom floor. And it looked in their eyes if like, we were like, man down, like what happened? It's like, and I went through a whole roll of toilet paper. But I'm explaining. It's like, because finally my daughter got this potty training thing. <laughs> yes. She's got it. She's got it. So... Strike the iron while it's hot. So it's like the smallest moment where, where she now uh, kind of gives us this clue of it might be time. It's down the hallway and we run. And there I sat for the rest of Saturday. Because she was just done and it was so exciting. So later on, Ing and I, we tag teaming at the end of this. Like, can I make you some coffee? It's like, so. So then I played coffee barista for the rest of Saturday. It's like, okay, your turn. She sat for half an hour. I sat for half an hour. She sat for half an hour. But she's got it. But she's got it. Moments came in where Raymond, I've only got my heart. It's like, there's no more water. It's impossible. It's impossible. Only because they wanted to be a division. I wanted to do what I want to do now. Like, you've got it. Like, but she's two and she's getting it and she's still got it. It's like, we are saving our nappies. It's the biggest budget blessing ever. Potty drain. 
And we only have one, so I'm, I, can't, I, can't say, I can't say anything more than that. The other day, it was actually a week ago, I had a, I had a moment with, um, with a younger leader in a specific context. And it was after the, kind of the ministry moment that we had, because I only have my heart, yes? You have, only have your heart. That I actually went to him and I was like, hey, I need to apologize. He was like, what for? He's like, I answered you slightly short. He's like, no, you didn't. I know I answered you slightly short. I know, in my heart, I know I answered you slightly short. Here's why. The timing of your question really sucked. But God used your suckish timing to reveal something in my heart. Was his timing bad? I really, 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 really think his timing was bad. Is that the problem? No. My response was the problem. And he even said, no, you didn't answer me short. It's like, I know I answered you short. No, but you, you just Raymond. It's like, in my heart, I know. It's my moment. I'm sorry. Forgive me. I was divided when you asked me the question. So we'll speak about timing later. This is my moment to go, here's my heart. My bad. Make sense? Awesome. We said that. Amen. Uh, divided heart. Point number two, here's our second disease that Jesus healed us from. Amen. And let's just stay sharp uh, that this doesn't come in. It's a disheartened heart. Uh, actually named it something different until Scripture said it's called disheartened. So I had to kind of rename it. Matthew 6, 9 to 21 in the ESV. Do not lay up. Jesus is going Matthew 5, 6, 7, kingdom teaching. Beautiful. And he's in Matthew 6. And it says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth... <laughs> Where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Let's go Mark 10. He explains it well. And it's the same context. Just a bit more detail, not same context, same context of the heart, bit more detail on the rich young ruler, which also had a heart and he also had some treasures. Here's what happened in these five verses of Mark 10. And as he was setting out on his journey, Jesus is about to, <laughs> bad timing for this guy, <laughs> Jesus was about to go on his journey. A man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He's like, yes, this is one question for Jesus. I'm going to nail it now. And Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. Just stating that, that he is God. You, do, uh, you know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud on your father and mother. Verse 20. And he said to him, teacher, all these things I have kept from my youth. Yeah, we did a great job in youth ministry. He's kept them all. And Jesus, looking at him, loved him. Super important. He loved him when he said the following to him. That's the amazing love of our Father. You lack one thing. Go, sell all that you have and give to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. And come follow me. And here's the point. 22. Disheartened by the saying, he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. Same context. Don't store up treasures on earth where moss and rust can destroy, but store up treasures in heaven. 
Uh, I'm not sure about your, maybe some of you don't do the digital banking thing. I'm sure maybe 95% of us have an app, either NetBank, F&B, Apps, Discovery. You know that your location service is often requested when you go online uh, for security reasons, they say. It's for security reasons so they can see if there's been a transaction, but they haven't recognized this location on your phone in the past. So this is one of the spiritual location service settings, straight from heaven into our hearts. Location setting goes on because we're about to see where our treasure is. We're about to locate where Raymond's heart is. Let's just quickly speak about the things that really matter to you. And let's ask to put it away. Let's ask to give it up and let's see what the location service does. Is Raymond's heart going to go, yep, my treasure is in heaven? Or is the location setting going to go, ish, my treasure is actually on earth? And how I've located that is that initial emotion, that initial response. And it's not all about money. It's not all about money. Although it speaks about treasure, and this rich young ruler had a lot of money. Oh, man, bro, um, why can't I have the mic? Why can't I have the mic? Why did he get the mic? Why did she get the mic? Why can't I be on that team? Why can't we go on a family holiday there? That initial response. Just like, Raymond, where's your heart? Where's your heart? Is it a problem to go on a holiday? Not at all. What's the point? I only have my heart. Lord Jesus, show me where's my heart. And this was in the context of high school students. Of, hey, where's your heart located at? What thing has captured the treasure chest of your heart? And Jesus goes, here's how we can find that out. If we ask to give it away, throw it off, sell it, whatever the case might be, what's that emotion going to be? And I sit and I reflect and I go, Lord, thank you for a spiritual location service that goes on like, found your treasure, pin drop, it's in heaven. Thank you, Lord. Let's keep it there. Or, boom, found it. It's, I don't know, wherever, wherever you linger. And it's a, a disheartened heart. Our last one, when it comes to the disease part, is a distracted heart. For me, this is the most important one. Uh, we can spend some time on the distracted heart. So we have a divided heart, a disheartened heart, and then a distracted heart. That he came and healed and we need to be sharp against that. Matthew 13 is another parable. I'm going to read the parable, and I'm only going to explain the one bit. I'm not going to explain the whole parable. But here's the here's a full parable um, in Matthew 13, verse 1 to 8. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. And great crowds, and great crowds gathered about him so that he got into a boat and sat down. And the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they didn't have much soil, and immediately they sprang up, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Here's the part that we're going to focus on. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns, thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil, and produce grain, some a hundred, fold some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. 
I'm sure we're all fine with the fact that this parable is speaking about the condition of our hearts. It's speaking about the condition of the soil. Is it fertile soil? Is it, is it moisty soil? Is it dry soil? Is it, is it always a good soil? And verse 22, I'm just going to take verse 22 on the next slide. Here's what that um, part that we underline in verse 7, here's what it means when Jesus explained it. And he says, and the one on whom seed was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the worries and distractions of the world and the deceitfulness, the superficial pleasures and the lights of riches choke the word and it yields no fruit. Um, that was the one that got me going a few weeks ago with a, with a high school student speaking about distractions. Because I'm going to give you two short kind of stories. And it was only the first one, but now the second one is even more important. Way back when we said the following, we're the most connected generation, but we've got the most shallow relationships. Yeah, I think most people have heard that one. Like we connected more than ever before. We can Zoom, we can WhatsApp, we can Skype. Skype is like old school. Um, maybe some people you still use Skype. But like we, we're more connected than ever before, but we're more shallow than ever before. We think we're connected, but we're connected with a little icon. But there's no authenticity, no face-to-face, half an hour, 45 minutes, 60 minutes, like boom, you won. What's happening in your heart? Awesome. Here's my heart. Where's Jesus? How does the gospel fix this? How can we respond to it? We're connected, but we shallow. That's overrated by now. Second one. There's more, and this is for all of us, including me. There's more Christian podcasts, YouTube, IG, version, name it. Big local churches, they, they're doing a great job, and the things are online. We listen to more word than ever before. My observation, student-wise, but the fruit is less than ever. Why? Distractions. They hear, and they hear, and they can quote songs. We said it this morning. May we not sing the song, may we mean the song. They sing the songs. They know where to find it on social media platforms. But if we look at their lives, like fruit Is this sinking in? Are you taking time to meditate? Is it changing your heart? How does this influence the way you make decisions? Is Jesus still first? Great song. Where is Jesus? Is he in your heart? And that's what made me cry after the question they asked. And a month later, I'm still here. There's more things available online But my observation regarding student-wise, and this is a call for us to stand up and help and disciple into them, but the fruit is less. One word, distractions, which we all fight. Here's one of them. It's called that little Wi-Fi Wi-Fi icon, the the fear of uh, missing out, overrated, and that's the fear of being offline. See demons pop when ESCOM shuts off the electricity. My my Wi-Fi! So boom, boom, boom. It's like, ah, say, okay, eight Denise's and arm. Chip, cheers. It's like, ESCOM pop the electricity, my battery's dead. It's like, oh, I can't scroll. I can't get online. Distraction. It's like, what about sitting on the couch, take out the paper vibe and your pen, and what is God saying to you? How's this word getting into your heart? There's the two-minute rabbit trail. Didn't plan this. This is a rabbit trail. Raymond is taking a rabbit trail. 
The SOAP, soap. God's word washes us. Scripture, observation, application, prayer. Scripture, observation, application, prayer. Here's the text, Matthew 13. What's it saying? What can you apply? And how's Jesus changing you from the inside out? But it's song and it's video and it's song and it's video, but there's no internal change. This week I read, oh, it's, it's always good. Um, for some odd reason, the Lord always gets me in that spot. I read one book that says, Your Heart, uh, Pierre mentioned it, um, uh, Tale of the Three Kings, and speaks about your heart. And you read another book which is seemingly contradicting, but it's not. <laughs> See, and you sit there with this beautiful tension right in the middle, like, oh. And all it does is just takes me to my inner room. Like, Jesus, at the end of the day, here's my heart. Because it spoke about the way we make disciples. And is deep change really a global church thing? Or is it few and far between? Where we go, let's go for deep transformation. And not just a quick fix. Uh, on the next slide, comparison. In comparison, this is with distractions because comparison often distracts us. Um, will make you feel either superior or inferior. Neither of them honors God. I've thought about that. Sometimes we think that it's, you can't be superior. Also can't be inferior. Neither honors God. You were made in His image and in His likeness. Fearfully, wonderfully. Being inferior or superior, it doesn't honor God. And here's where we're going to end. Uh, here's what we believe we have. It's a David-like heart. So not a divided, not a disheartened, not a, not a distracted. And we're going to look at David's heart over, it's, it's three scriptures, it goes over more slides. Um, and here's what the word says about David's heart, Acts 13, 22. And when he had removed him, that speaks about King Saul, he raised up David to be their king. Of him he testified and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man, and this is, not, this, is not, this is not our heart, this is God's heart. A man after my own heart, conforming to my will and purposes, who, do, who will do all my will. How beautiful is that? And we read Romans 12 comes to mind. And we go, Lord, I, want, I don't want to conform to this pattern. I want to be transformed so that I can do your will. That I can have a David heart. That we'll be quick to respond. No division, no disheartenedness, no distractions. We want a David heart. Here's David's heart, Psalm 139. He says, search me thoroughly, O God, and know my heart. Taste me and know my anxious thoughts. And see if there is any wicked or hurtful way in me. And lead me in the everlasting way. The, if, if, if you wanted to be a king in the Bible, you wanted to be like David. Like the man of victories he had, etc., etc., etc. Obviously, um, we'll get to the sin part now. But that's that's like that's like he was the man, and he goes, Lord, search my heart. The humility, search my heart. You will know. Here's my heart. I only have my heart to bring. Here's Psalm 51. This was written after his adulterous moment with Bathsheba. He says, "Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right and steadfast spirit within me." And the people that have really dissected it very nicely between Saul and David, they say the big thing that distinguishes Saul and David was Saul had so many opportunities to repent, but he never did. David was quick to repent. Quick to repent. There was humility in his heart. 
And we're going to land this morning with the whole of Psalm 19. So I'm going to read this over us. Um, This is a worship moment. This is David's psalm, one of his, um, as we look at, Lord, no division, no distractions, no disheartenedness. Uh, We want your heart. The heavens are telling of the glory of God, and the expanse of heaven is declaring the work of his hands. Day after day pours forth speech, and night after night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there spoken words from the stars. Their voice is not heard. Yet their voice in quiet evidence has gone out through all the earth. Their words to the end of the world. In them and in the heavens he has made a tent for the sun, which is as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber. It rejoices as a strong man to run his course. The sun's rising is from one end to the, of the heavens and its circuit to the other end of them. And there is nothing hidden from its heat. The law of the Lord is perfect. It's flawless. Restoring and refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are reliable and trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true. They are righteous altogether. They are more desirable. No other distractions. They are more desirable than gold. Yes, than much, uh, than much gold, than fine gold. Sweets are also than honey and the drippings of the honeycomb. Last two slides. Moreover, by them, your servant is warned, reminded, illuminated, instructed, In keeping them, there is great reward. Who can understand his errors or omissions? Acquit me of hidden, unconscious, unintended faults. Also keep back your servant from presumptuous, deliberate, willful sins. Let them not rule and have control over me. Then I will be blameless, complete, and I shall be acquitted of great transgression. And here's how we end Psalm 19. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable and pleasing in your sights. O Lord, my firm, immovable rock and my Redeemer.